0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness F-4-C, 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 with your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad, Muhammad of destruction, and of Yusuf Muhammad. The best,
2: the best, the best, the best. People get
1: ready There's a
0: train of mm-hmm. coming
1: You don't need no baggage Just get on board. Need a faith.
0: To hear the dealers calling Don't need no tickets You
1: just thank the
0: Lord, Lord.
1: So people get ready
0: For the train to join Baby, kiss the key Open the doors and boy
2: and blessings, peace and blessings, in the name of the Most High God, the Beneficent, and Merciful, all praises due to thee, the Lord of the worlds. We thank him, we thank him, and we can never thank him enough for his merciful intervention in the affairs of men, in the person of Master Far, Muhammad, to whom praises due forever, thanking him for raising up the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the Nation of Islam, and certainly and most indeed, we could never thank the two of them for leaving with us in this dispensation of time, their divine reminder, the exponent of excellence and the criterion in our midst in the person of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In those three great yet humbled names, I'm honored, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, to greet you once again with the greeting words of peace. We say it in the language of our ancestors. As-salamu alaykum.
0: Wa alaykum salam, sir.
2: Thank you, Brother Rudolph. For those in our listening audience who may not be familiar with that greeting, it basically means peace be unto you and unto you be peace in the language of Arabic or Arabia. And certainly all of us believe in the universal language of peace. We are also taught that that greeting is actually offering offering a prayer one to another. So again, we greet you. We thank you, our listening audience. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our first-time listeners. Uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome to our consistent and constant listeners. We thank all of you for the honor of your ear, and the privilege of your presence. We want to thank Black Hole Radio LLC, our engineers and the nuclear and extended family for giving us this opportunity to share once again with you that which has come across our screen, to share with you in this most critical hour. So I'm going to get out of your way. I just wanted to welcome you in the spirit in which God gave it to me to give to you. As I uh, segue and allow our dear co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, to do the same, and then we'll proceed to give you what you need by God's grace, mercy, and permission. Brother Rudolph?
0: Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. And I, too, following in protocol and keeping things in line with nature, will take the time before we begin to show an attitude of gratitude and to thank Almighty God that we believe appeared in the person of Master Fard Muhammad and to thank him for raising up one from our midst to lead, teach, and guide us back to the straight path of God. And that one is none other than the most honorable Elijah. Muhammad. And we thank both of them for not leaving us comfortless in this dispensation of time and in this day and time. They have poured themselves into one individual that we can see, touch, hear, and fellowship with in the person of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So in those three great names, I too want to greet the family of muhammad greet the well wishers greet the supporters and even the detractors we want to greet you in the greeting words of peace and of paradise of assalamu alaikum
2: walaikum sir thank you sir this also
0: is to let you know that you have nothing to fear from our hands nor our mouths because nothing is done intentionally to hurt you, it is all to help us to have a better understanding of who we are, where we are, and in this critical period of time, what must be done for the survival and the salvation of God's people. So with that being said, you know, I said I uh, start with an attitude of gratitude because That's right. none of us had to be here today. We That's could right. be talking to dead air and dead space, or we could be being viewed instead of being seen. So, you know, let's not get this thing twisted. None of us are the author of our own existence, and we came into this world because of the permission of the grand architect of the universe, Almighty God Allah, whatever you wish to call him from your faith, practice, or customary tradition, it is what it is. But just understand that you and I did not and are not the authors of our own existence. We are creations of a creator. And so to that creator, we humbly bow and we ask his permission to continue and proceed and prayerfully something that we say something that we do within these next less than two hours he will smile upon us and cause our golden moment to roll on a little while longer now that we're finished with that uh, as, as, as they say, before any heavyweight uh, ch- uh, championship bout begins, let's get ready to rumble. Because what we do, doing, yes, we're rumbling. We're going to hurl truth at falsehood until we knock out its brains. In this day and time, we cannot afford for anyone to be left wandering in the wilderness with untruths in their mind or with some crazy notions about what it takes not just to survive but then to rebuild and to live again because you know to be honest our people have been in survival mode since we've hit the shores of this country ever since our forefathers put their feet on the shores of the United States of America back in 1551, we've been in survival mode. I'm sorry, 1555. I said 1551. Yes, I mean 1555. Yes, we've been in survival mode. So it's time to get out of survival mode so that we can, for the first time, begin to live and there is a difference between surviving and living. You just have to stay alive long enough to make it happen and to see it manifest. We have a great show lined up today. We have some guests that are going to appear on the uh, airwaves at a certain point. We have our brother Ghazi coming back, uh, the founder of Re- Ready Expo And that website is Ready dot com If you haven't gone to it Jot it down, go to it, look at it It's a wonderful site It's put together They have a program set To kick off October 7th Through the 9th And in Villa Rica, Georgia On um, Their ranch And they have wonderful um, um, subject matter experts that have agreed to come together and to use their collective knowledge to help whoever is there on that day gain a better understanding of what it takes to survive if you're blessed to be alive after dot, dot, dot. And I say it that way because when there's a disaster, whether it's a hurricane, uh, a snowstorm, whether it's a, a, a man-made emergency, whether it's a technological emergency, or whether it's a natural emergency that overwhelms your resources to deal with it If you Remain alive After the initial event Then the work Of survival begins If you succumb To it Well then you don't have to worry about it Because um, you're not here anymore To deal with it So either way It takes care of itself The question is As uh Hulk Hogan used to say, what are you going to do when
2: disaster runs wild on you? Brother Houston That's a great question, Brother Rudolph. What are we going to do? That's why when you say, let's get ready to rumble, look, we open up giving honor and praise to where it's due, having an attitude of gratitude, because when you talk about rumbling with the forces of nature, we know our arms are too short to box with the god but what that's right do it. here what we do here at disaster preparedness for community excuse me disaster awareness for community preparedness we try to have you think about becoming self-reliant in taking appropriate action in response to any emergency we Bye. need you to survive that's the bottom line we promote public awareness engage in public outreach to inform Educate and train all people in how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies, but you never know. The one that may be the next one coming, whether it's natural disaster or man-made, there might not have been any training manual for that one, but at least right. we've done the best we could that we could sleep good at night knowing that our listening audience that tunes in week in and week out gets the updated Uh, information that has come to us, you know, our objective here is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. However, we know we're fighting against so Well, you can ask the people in Puerto Rico just how much they prepared for that force of nature that came through. I think in this world, they called it Fiona or Fiona, if Yo, you will. Yes, but they have, even at this time that it's past the island, they're still over 95% without power. So our vision here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility. And I'm going to make it personal our personal responsibility for the safety of myself, my family, my neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. I know. You say, why should we learn about disaster awareness for community? No. look <laughs> FEMA, FEMA did a, a, a survey a couple of years ago. They hooked up with certain partnerships, and that's what disaster preparedness is all about, community investment, community involvement. Community Partnership for Community Risk Reduction. So when FEMA asked all their uh, non-for-profit, not-profit, and for-profit agencies to take a survey of their network, they they wanted to know what are the barriers to perceived preparedness. And when they did their survey, 17% said they didn't believe getting information or they did believe that getting information was too difficult. Well, if you tune into this program every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, then you can throw that out the window. You're not going to be part of that 17%. Then 18% of the survey said they don't think they have time to prepare. Okay, well, you have to ask yourself, what's the difference between a reason, and an excuse, okay? Because you can actually tune into the archive shows, thanks to Black Hole Radio once again, of our program if it's after Friday, all right? So on the survey, 24% say they don't know how to get prepared. That's why we thank our listening audience for tuning in on a regular basis. We thank your first-time, our first-time listeners, And the more you tune in, you'll realize that many of our listeners are actually subject matter experts themselves in some capacity. And in that survey uh, with the partnerships of FEMA a few years ago, 26% said uh, they believed that preparing was too expensive. Okay. It reminds me of that bumper sticker I saw. If you think educational, uh education is expensive by ignorance right. ignorance yes sir right that's right so so right. so we just gonna you know put you in tune with the time and what must be done spiritually mentally, physically even you might hear something that might help you out morally, but definitely in terms of operations uh operations, what you should consider proper prior planning, preventing poor performance, what you should. Consider, because there, there are four, I think, basic things that many of us have to ask ourselves when we ask the question, where will you be when disaster strikes? That's why it's yeah. important to get that information. That's why it's important that once you get that information, you got to turn it into practical application. Now, that sounds like a rhyme. I, I might put that in my next poem. I- Hey, a spoken word. Give me you a heard it, right, Brother Rudolph? I know you heard yes, it. Sir. That was for those who don't understand us yet, that we got I that other do. thing going on while we got this thing going on by God's <laughs> grace and mercy. The third Good thing, way. brothers and sisters, is once you get the information, turn it into practical application, your plan, then you want to uh, 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 develop a survival kit a survival kit. They're different types, you know, go-bags, we call them. They're different types, one for your home, one for your mobile transportation, your car, if you will. Depending on where you work, you want to have one there. You want to be able to know where your children are. To some, if you have time to prepare for something that might be on its way, uh, uh, you want to know where everybody in the family where they're located. You know, if you got elders in your home, they could be at the mall. You got elders, they could be at the library, the rec center. You just never know. You want to know where everybody's going to be. And uh, don't rely so heavily on your cell phone, because once those cell towers go down, y'all pardon my language, but the youth on the street taught me, they say, you ass out. You ass out if the cell towers go down. right?
0: 100% 100 correct.
2: Keep it 100. Keep it 100. Yeah. So, look, lastly, the fourth thing is you are to reassess. Your plan, reassess. Your kids, reassess. That's the fourth thing you should consider. So, before I pass it on to Brother Rudolph, again, you know, let us keep our prayers for the people in Puerto Rico. The whole country is out of power. All right? And so, President Joe Biden... He, he's, he's throwing money at it. He's giving the additional assistance available to the government of Puerto Rico. He did that yesterday on Thursday, uh uh to to, to the president there. Um, you got the FEMA Region two office in New York City, Brother Rudolph, and hundred percent federal funding for debris removal and emergency protective measures for the next thirty days. He also announced uh three additional municipalities uh, are eligible for FEMA's assistance, individual assistance program. So these are just some of the things, you know, if you live on the East Coast, like right now, uh, I'm in southeastern Virginia. We actually escaped it, you see. It went up the East Coast and on its way to Canada, but it didn't make any landfall in the continental U.S. But suppose it had. All our power went out What are we prepared to do That's why we're just so happy That you joined us here on Disaster Awareness For Community Preparedness Please call your uh, network Your database Let them know how we rock and roll here Every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time And I too Anxiously await uh, Our dear brother from uh, The Expo The Expo I'll just say consortium because brother has so much going on with the uh, program he has coming up. So I'll just pass it back on to you, Brother Rudolph, and uh, just wanted to add context to our listeners that might not have understood why we start the way we start and why we offer what we offer when we offer. In the fire department, they call that situational awareness. Knowing what to do, when to do, how to do, where to do, brother Rudolph. Yes, sir, brother Yusuf. You know,
0: as as those who are on here regularly know, that we usually gonna um, reference some soundtrack at some point throughout um, <laughs> our That's time right. here. You know, what comes to mind for me is our brother Kurt Franklin. One of his early songs, he said, some may ask the question, why do we sing? Well, some may ask the question, why do we have this program? You know, mm-hmm. what is, what, what, y'all, man, y'all ain't got nothing better to be doing from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Friday than being on the radio and just, you know, uh, 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 talking about this this doom and gloom stuff. Well... I'm glad you asked that question, sir. Totally honest. No. I have nothing better to be doing. Why? Because am I not my brother's keeper? Go ahead. Are not the strong? Doesn't Scripture say that the strong must bear the infirmities of the weak? Mm-mm. Yes. So, you know, the reason we start the way we do is because we always want to keep our spirituality intact. In right. a disaster, it said the first crisis is hygiene. Well, in a mental disaster, the first crisis is the loss of spirituality. And once you lose spirituality, you lose a, re- a grip on reality. And now you start heading down the, the, the wormhole, as they say, or the rabbit hole. Remember Alice in Wonderland, that fairy tale that we all uh, uh, heard about as a child? Well, yeah, now you're sliding down that slippery slope going into the world of whatever now. Why? Because you have no basis, no foundation, no handle, no grip on reality which is the time and what must be done so you have no parameters you have no criteria to measure things against so now you're just lost you're irretrievably hopelessly lost and you're like a ship out on the ocean a sailboat without a sail. you're just being tossed about by the currents and by the waves and you're at the mercy of whomever so as not to allow that to happen we keep a firm grip on who is God and we keep a firm handle on the fact that we are not in control of any of the circumstances that go on all we can do is respond to what happens and we can put plans in effect and that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to plan for the worst so that if that does not happen you're already ahead of the game but you know some people say you know uh man if you got a plan a and a plan b and a plan C and a plan D, you already failed because you've spread yourself out so thin you can throw everything into your plan A. Well, I could see how some people could come up and say that, but in reality, okay, those who fail to plan have already planned to fail, and the reason that statement is true is because. If you don't make a plan, then you just, as they say in the street, you just winging it, you know? You shooting from the hip, like you Mm. Wyatt Earp, some cowboy in a gunfight, you know, just shooting from the hip. Ain't no aim or purpose in it. You just letting off. Well, what happens when you run out of bullets? Then what? What happens if you miss the target? Then what? You know? Disaster preparedness is the proverbial what if. Yeah, most times you'd be talking to people there, man, I don't want to hear all of that what if stuff, man. I don't want to hear. Well, disaster preparedness, that's the arena of what if. What if is what applies in disaster preparedness because that's how you prepare and plan for what might come or even the inevitable, down the line. You have to think about and say, well, what if this happens? Then what are you going to do? And that's how you make your plan. But you always start at home. So as Brother Yusuf talked about that proverbial go-bag, and yes, you know, Brother Yusuf always says that disaster preparedness is a lot like spirituality and education it comes in
2: degrees
0: of understanding right so like you go to school you start out in nurseries in pre-k and then you go to nursery school and then you go to kindergarten then you go to first grade up to the fifth grade so in your elementary school you're learning what elementary students learn because you need to get a base on things and develop good skills for your foundational blocks in order to build on them. There's no way that a child in elementary school and a person in college or higher, ed- learning, higher education is going to be learning the same thing. It can't happen because one doesn't have the tools necessary to deal with the information that's coming, and the other one, they have the tools, and so they have to start building now because what happens is just like water. Water that does not keep moving becomes stagnant. Then that same basis for life becomes the basis for death. So I'll stop with that right there. But that proverbial go-bag, well, what goes in the go-bag? And here's where your what-if now kicks in. Because your go-bag is that which is going to provide you comfort as you are on your sojour, sojourn as a refugee from the place that you're leaving and trying to get to the place of safety where you are going. So the time in between where you left, point A, and point B, that's your sojourn, and that's the where you need to have comfort. So physical comfort, mental comfort, spiritual comfort. So whatever it is that you need that will keep you grounded and keep your mind strong, that's what needs to go into that go-bad. bag. right, so here, let's do some one if right now, okay? So you need personal hygiene items. Why? So you, I just told you that one of the first casualties in any disaster is hygiene. You need to keep your hygiene up so that you don't become susceptible to whatever diseases are running rampant out there in the madness. What else? You need, so you have your hygiene products, meaning your toiletries and all of that to help keep you clean, you know. Then what else? You may want to have a, couple of changes of clothing in there because maybe your clothing may get soiled by you or by something else. And when I say soiled by you, I, I literally mean that, soiled by you, because you may see some things that just may cause you to just let go of everything at a certain point. As they, as they say, scare the whitten <laughs> out of you then you need to clean up and change clothes. Well, you have them in your go bag, then it only becomes a situation. It's not a disaster. What else? Something to occupy your mind. Maybe something. Maybe a deck of cards, play some solitaire or something. Maybe some dominoes. Are uh, you and somebody else? May engage in a game of dominoes or spades or something. Maybe a checkerboard, a or chessboard, or something. Maybe something again to occupy your mind in your downtime. What else may be reading material. If you wear glasses, an extra pair of glasses so that you can have what you need to do what needs to be done. If you take medication, ration of medication, at least 14 days. Why? Because it may take you that long to get stable again to get to a place where you can get a refill on your prescriptions. So at least a fourteen day supply should be in your go bag. You should also have some cash in your go bag. Small denominations of bills because nobody's making change during a disaster. If all you got is tens and twenties, then that bottle of water you wanted or whatever it was you went to buy, that's what it costs because there is no change. So have some singles, some fives, have a uh, you know a, a roll of quarters, a roll of nickels, a roll of dimes, hell, a that's roll right. of pennies. You know, that's 50 cents right there if it's a complete roll of pennies. So that acts not just as a medium of exchange currency, uh, you know, that also packs a hell of a wallop inside a sock. But that's a story for another time, Brother Yusuf. Um, yes, sir. You know, um, so what else needs to go in that go bag? Something to clean with some wipes, some disinfectant wipes. Why you get somewhere and you have to bunker down there for the night. You want to try to make the place as clean as possible. You may have to wipe off something so you can have somewhere to eat a little something. Um, Speaking of eating a little something, what did you pack in your go bag to keep your energy level up? What did you pack, with you? Did you bring a pop, pop can of uh, ready-made soup? That you need any water or anything to rehydrate? I mean, it would be nice if you could get some fire somewhere to heat up the contents of the can, but it's not necessary. You can eat it at room temperature or lukewarm if you have to. What do you have in that go bag that has some protein in it, that has some nutrients, some minerals, some things to keep you going? What to, What did you pack? Again, we're not telling you what to pack. We're asking the question, and as you answer the question, then it, it's almost like, uh, 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 you know, they're saying, doctor, heal thyself. You know, if you have the knowledge necessary, then the question doesn't have to be by anyone external. You're asking it and answering it yourself. Why? Because you are provided with the answer to all of your questions already. Okay, so what else goes in that go bag? Um what are you using to protect you from the elements of nature while you're traveling through nature so do you have your poncho in there in case in, in case there's some precipitation out there uh do you have uh warm garment in there in case the temperature drops um did you according to the terrain that you're in. You're in a very mountainous region where you're climbing rocks and and, and hills and stuff and you brought open-toe sandals or you brought flip-flops. You know, again, just using common sense, but we realize all sense isn't common, so we have to actually say it so that you can hear it and then understand it. You want to put, put clothes you. in your go bag that are germane to the terrain that you're in, or that you have to go through in order to get where you're going.
2: You want to make brother sure Rudolph. you have, yes, sir. Uh, germane to the terrain. That's another line in, in that poem, brother. I hear you. Hey, but, uh, hey you don't know, I understand I, I'm I, I did. Got brother. I understand our dear brother Ghazi's been in the studio, brother. So if you want to bring oh him in. well
0: then oh man, thank you, brother Yusuf. Then without any further ado, what they say in the church. And uh, after this a selection by the choir, the next voice you will hear on this mic will be that of the right Reverend uh, brother Gazi Muhammad. And he and he is the uh, pastor of the Church of Ready X P O. Brother Ghazi. Yes, sir. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, yes, sir. We hear you, Brother Gazi. Uh, Okay. Man, yes, I was sir. I enjoying
3: the conversation. Man, I was at a cousin's grad while you were talking, brother. <laughs> 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 talking about the go-bag. <laughs> hey, you know, let me say this,
0: family. This show, this show, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, is not like any other show you listen to. Um, we're not in the sterile environments of a studio. We are in life's environments of work. Wherever we are and wherever our guests are, we are doing, we're real people doing real things. So brother just said, he's outside cutting grass. So praise Man. be to Allah for cutting grass. Yes, sir. How, how's your week been going, brother?
3: Man, it's been good, big brother. You know, we're preparing for this expo. We had to put a parking lot in and get some light for the parking lot and- build some new fences around here. So we're just getting everything shaped up so it'll be a real pleasant um, environment and atmosphere for people when they come, you know?
0: Now, we're going to start, as as they said, in the sound of music. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. When you read, you begin with ABC. When you sing, you begin with Do-Re-Mi. So now we're going to start with the very beginning of Ready XPO. Brother, how, where did this come from? How did it materialize?
3: It came from, um, it's a brother who we partnered up with. My wife and I partnered with a brother named Hakeem Isla. He's um, on, on YouTube. He's called the Black MacGyver. And um, he's very like one of them like survivalist type brothers that he been on a few of them shows, like Naked and Afraid, Last Man Out, and all that, you know, he'd he go to them kind of shows, and they jump him off and have bet somewhere naked, and, and he survived. You know, he one of them kind of brothers. So he reached out to me, actually, um, and uh, he told me that, um, you know, he was looking to, to bring more of this information to our community, and um, he seen some of the videos that people were placing on, on social media about some of the things that we were doing here. And um, he said, man, I, I think that would be a perfect place for it. He, he flew down there, stayed on the property. We got like a little cabin on the property. He stayed there for a few days. We canvassed the, 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 the grounds, went all the back in the woods and everything. And from there, you know, we mapped out a, a, the the the, the ready expo. Um, it took a couple of days. And, um, you know, we started building from, from, from that point on. I started reaching out to different instructors that I knew. He reached out to people who he knew. And um, you know we kind of poured it all together. and We have over like uh, two dozen instructors that's going to be teaching everything from buying land, firearm safety, solar power, the desert preparedness, farm one hundred one, even the business side of land and, and farming. Um, it, I heard you talking about if the cell phone towers go down, just put a video. on, uh, One of the brothers are going to teach ham radios. Brother Paul, he came on the property, you know, a, a week or two ago with the, you know, with the radio. And he told me a story. He said that on one time it was a tornado. He was coming through Nashville, and a tornado had had hit that area. And everything was down on his phones. He he couldn't really find out, you know, what was going on. But he knew tornadoes were through that area. So him being a survivalist-type brother, you know, he was being prepared. He got his ham radio, and he was able to communicate with a guy who was up in the mountains. And the guy up in the mountains told him what direction to go into to avoid the tornado. And it was just a spare of the moment thing. And he was telling me the value of having alternative communication um, when, when the cell phone towers go down, you know, and, uh, I, I, th- I thought that was just amazing. But he gonna be on deck teaching ham radio and there's gonna be gardening classes and beekeeping classes and herbal medicine, tea blends for wellness, how to find the grass in your backyard, the herbs. And, 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 and that's another funny thing. A brother called me recently and he said, man, do you have pine trees? I said, yeah, I got a whole lot of pine trees. He said, you hear the pine needle tea? I said, pine needle tea, brother, what's that? He say, "Man, that's, man, look, 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 pine needle tea. He just talking about the medicinal purpose of pine needle tea, the actual pine, the, the needles that come from a pine tree. And I looked that stuff up. Man, I was blown away at, at the the health benefits. And this stuff falls to the ground. Man, we cut it, step on it, you know, kick on it. Know, right, right, you, you yeah, know, yeah right. you know, we don't. Yes, sir. But but when he said that, I say, wow, that's amazing. And now it, it, it's making me think. I just put a video up uh, recently, you know, with the words of the minister talking about the cow." I put a lot I put a picture with a lot of cows that, that 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 we had on the land, and then we sold a lot of cows now but I, i'm I'm looking to get some Jersey cows not some milking cows now, but right. um and meant broke down all the different areas the, the the benefits of cows, so you know we just the the, the idea that really export was born out of a desire to really bring this information to our community because we know when the, the 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 it's a fan we always allow people with the resources and you know, to get the information, the resources and everything, you know, our communities always last. So, so we wanted to prepare as many people as we can with some basic things that, that, that I'm learning that I didn't know. There's some basic stuff that we can do to survive. Even if you don't have no, you know, no long drawn out thing, but there's some basic things that we can do that we can literally survive, you know?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, praise be to Allah. Listen, um, uh, okay. All right. So now we know where it came from and so now you're and you're going through the rigmarole of the daily preparation of that proverbial be and it is. So right. you, you saw the you saw the vision, you spoke it into reality, and now you're bringing it to fruition.
3: The same way right. it
0: happened, uh uh Over seventy-eight trillion years ago.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Yeah, and I know it, that's some kind of coded language we're speaking right now to the listening right. audience. For those of you that know, you know. It's then yeah. you don't know, and so we'll we'll cover that at another time. Yes, sir. But, and, um, and
3: actually, actually, you know what you said I actually came from the city guys. How the ministers say. When, when when God say be, he organized people, angels, and using resources according to a plan to help bring right. into existence what he will. So that's all we did. We say be, we started organizing the proper resources, you know? True that. That's it. That's it. You know, a lot of people have
0: a real misconception of the God and, you know, how things happen. A lot of our people are stoked. In mysticism and mysticism uh, 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 And You know and, and they just Don't realize The actual reality Of how things happen It's no hocus pocus It's no mysticism It The universe It's the universe uh, Putting In motion like you said, people and things and as they align with each other, it gets you to your eventual state that you need to be at to move to the next step. Take
3: people, Absolutely.
0: Locals. It takes information from everywhere and it and again, it's. It takes skills that have been torn, torn that have in order to be taught to others in order to keep the thing going. So yes, yeah, I, I, I understand exactly uh, what you're talking about. So now um let, let's move on to the the next one. Yeah. Tell the audience when
3: this is going to happen so it's going to take place uh, october 7th 8th and 9th that's a friday saturday and sunday um and um, saturday is going to be the, the the heaviest day because some of the instructors will be traveling friday um but we have a few classes on that friday um most of them are going to be saturday and sunday but then that monday we also have a, a an additional add-on class that's an eight hour Emergency Disaster Preparedness class, um, that Sister Aurelia going to do, and um, that one there is going to be like a certification class. Through FEMA, it's going to be books, textbook, workbook with that class, and, and uh,
2: that's eight Sister, hours. And that's uh, going to be pretty thorough, Brother Gazi. Yes, sir. Did you say Sister Aurelia, my
0: husband?
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, she's going to be doing the, the class on that. But she's she going to be here the whole weekend. She's going to be. She's coming in. I think Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, so she's going to be here the whole weekend, but she's doing an eight-hour class herself um, that's going to take place that Monday, and she can only hold, like, 40 people in her class. I think we already up to, like, 30 seats have already been sold for her class, and that's something separate from the, from the expo. It's, it's with the expo, but it's a separate class because it's a certification class. Everything else is just informational. It's going to be practical application, hands-on, um, but her class is going to be an actual certification class. Correct.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a blast from the past. That name right there, and I know because early on in my sojourn in this thing called disaster preparedness, I was trained by Sister Aurelia at a certain point, and then we did some training together at a certain point. And then, and when I say training, I want you to understand her methodology of training It's not so much just sit in a class and she spit facts out to you and you writing them down and then you take a test on a piece of paper and put down the right answer. Oh no, that's not how this system works. The pass or fail on her test is you're in an actual situation now perform, put what you learn to use, and either you do it or you don't and It's a beautiful thing um, in one sense thing, in another sense, because it's it's game on because you are actually in the midst of a disaster, and you need to uh, you need to know that you know that you know that you know what you know. Right. So,
2: that's right. yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's like CPR. I always tell my students when they're learning CPR, you know, uh, although sometimes they require a written test, that's not your test. Your test is when that person dies in your vicinity and then you're called upon to perform, that's your test. Because the question is, can you perform and will you perform? See, the outcome of your performance is not what the basis is. And some people think that only if the person comes back to life, then, uh, you know, you pass the test. Not true. Because none of us are authors of the existence of life. So that is the God right there. And, yes, the ultimate would be that you perform CPR, the person returns to life. And so, yes, God has acted on, in, and through you in order to restore life to another one. And that is the ultimate. But even if that does not happen, the mere fact that you were collected enough to be able to perform what you were taught and go through the steps successfully, is a pass and a check mark for you to show that you did learn what was necessary and you were comfortable and confident enough within yourself with what you learned to get out there and perform it. And right. that's and you know, where the real test comes.
3: And, you know, if, if I can add to that, Big Brother, I, I remember years ago when I was in St. Louis, we took an a, a emergency preparedness class through the fire department. And it was yes, a three-day three class, and they actually had, like, a little mock burning building, and they had, like, a little fake body that was heavy. You had to lift this body up and carry it. They, they were trying to let and you know. And drag it. You guys, yes, sir. Yeah, that thing was heavy, right? And so, and, and, and so all, and we learned how to do the turn, turn kit and things like that, right? And literally on the lunch break, we had, like, an hour lunch break. So I went home on my lunch break. And right in front of me, brother, it was an accident, a bad accident. Like, I, as we said the light, it was a bad accident. And I literally immediately jumped out the car. It, it was, like, surreal. I jumped out the car, and I was able to clear the, you know, clear the space and do everything I right. learned and then from the fire department. I literally applied that. So when I went back to lunch, I said, man, this is crazy. I just used this stuff on the accident. And, I mean, prior to that, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, prior to going through that class, I would have just yeah, Man, call the police, man. You know, call the ambulance. You know, right. they pray for him, move him, right. or something. But I was able to stabilize, like stabilize the situation, keep keep them calm. You know, um, and, uh, people were trying to move him. I like, said, no, no, no. But his leg was smashed into the car, and it, it was something. But he, but, but he, right. he, he, he lived. But it, it was just something that Crazy. right when Eat I learned on lunch break, I was able to apply it, like the same within the same hour. You know.
0: Yes, sir, instantly. And that's how, that, that's how life is, and that's how this disaster paradigm is. You learn something right now, and you're putting it to use right now to show and prove that you did learn it, or you need to go back and relearn it. Because, yes, once you learn this stuff, you are the first first responder in any situation that kicks off. You are the first first responder, because you are there before the first responders get there. It's you who's going to make that 911 call to let the larger first response network know that there is an emergency at this location and what's going on. Had it not been for you making that call, we would have never been able to respond in the ambulance or Brother Yusuf responding on the fire apparatus because the call never would have come through, brother Yousef. Right.
2: Thank you, brother Rudolph, and thank you, brother Ghazi, for taking time out of your busy schedule, brother, to join us again. We pray that uh, you and your family are well, and that your preparation as you're moving forward to October seventh through the ninth in Villa Rica, Georgia, putting together this, this uh, ultimate survival expo, brother. We just, you know. We were just so elated, brother, that you you know took time out of your busy schedule to come back on, brother, to promote what we say we're about in terms of our objective and our vision here on disaster awareness for community preparedness. I see on your website you, you, you have the term preparation for a sustainable future in uncertain times. That's right and exact. And then you have the answers you need for the security you want. I mean, brother, I'm just overjoyed when I see what you're representing on your website, what I hear, what you're saying. when you talked about your your, your personal experience, first of all, shout out to the firefighters in St. Louis who trained you that that you were prepared for that incident you you walk right into. Um, we've had on our show many times the past president of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, Addington Stewart, who did 30 year a 30-year career there in St. Louis, as well as a shout-out to Chief Sherman George there in St. Louis. So when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, all right, man, that's what it's all about, you know, training. And we want our listening audience to know, tune in to your local fire department where you are. They give uh community workshops to help you know a little bit more about first aid, uh knowing what to do if you become what we call a first responder, knowing how to use an AED machine or automatic uh external b- defibrillator. Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you, beloved. And then when you and uh, Brother Rudolph talk about the bee and it is, the kum fire kum, you know, in between the bee and it is, is well, that's a work, is <laughs> <It's> action, <laughs> call it into existence, it's time. And you know uh, uh, Brother Gazi, Brother Rudolph, and Brother Forrest, they sometimes facetiously call me The pastor pastor of disaster. Of disaster. And and they both both know more scripture than I do. (laughs) (laughs) But in the book of Ephesians, it talks about time carrying two dispositions. Time itself. The being it is. Time. And those two dispositions are motion and measurement. And so when we see the work that you're doing, big brother, I don't see anything but motion and measurement in between that being it is. And so we want to thank you and your family for their sacrifice. We want to thank all of your participants, Sister Aurelia, Sister Dr. Aurelia, and uh, the brother's name you, you mentioned, who got you started, who surveyed the land. This is what we're trying to convey To our listening audience, you know, you have some who are novice, N-O-V-I-C-E, I I believe, and then some who are preppers, they have more expertise. But we all fall somewhere in between, and we just need to take that step, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, that we can, uh, as Brother Rudolph said, when you put it out there, you never know who the God is going to bring you to help you manifest that which you know, you intend on manifesting, and that which you had no idea would manifest, but you stepped out on faith, good brother, and um, thus we have, thus we have, thus we have. I understand, though, we got Brother Barry in the yes, queue sir. from nine one four. That might be our dear brother, Brother Barry that's, Crumley. That's,
0: that's him. Now, Brother Gazi, before this brother gets on, let me say this to you, to you, And all of your team, man, I'm sitting here and I got a couple of tears in my eyes, brother, because I'm just so elated that you guys have come up with this and you're actually bringing it to fruition. It's not like I'm 40 or 50 years older than you, but it's just that me and my crew that teach, and live this disaster preparedness paradigm. We've been talking about this and teaching this for over thirty years now. That's right. And this is the first actual uh, uh um um concrete simulation being put together by uh, like like I said, FUBU for us by us um for people of color, anywhere that I can remember, myself, brother Anton Edwards and brother Barry Crumley have crossed this country back and forth talking about this, and, and I feel some brother Yusuf feels somewhat like, uh, um, you know, the the early disciples from the from from you know from the Bible days uh, walking. And, and, and just preaching, preaching, uh, it's coming, it's coming. Get ready, get ready. <laughs> and, and nothing happens, you know. And so people start looking at you like you a quack, like you a fool or something, until something happens, you know. Right. So, so uh Brother, yeah, brother Barry brother is Gazi. on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brother Barry is on the line. Me... It, brother, how's everyone?
2: Greetings, Brother Barry. How you feel, Brother? Good to hear your voice, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you.
2: Look, I just want to pick up Brother Gazi where Brother Rudolph left off, you know, when you talk about that scenario that he felt like he was in. You know, in the scripture, uh, you can only imagine what the
0: people during the time
2: of Noah, during the time of Noah, he building a, 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 a ship and, a, and there's no rain in sight, right? Right. And so right. Uh, it, re, it, it reminded me of a gospel song way back in the Bible days. Noah told the people that it's going to rain. But what he told them, they paid him no mind. So when he left, they got left behind. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. You better get ready and bear this in mind. God showed Noah the rainbow sign. It won't be water. But fire next time. And so stop it, Brother Rudolph, bringing that kind of stuff out of me, brother. It's the wrong audience, brother. It's the wrong audience. But, Brother Barry, it's good to hear your voice, brother. I hope you've been tuning in to what Brother Ghazi is doing because it's right in tune with your reasons for being, brother. Go right ahead, Brother Barry.
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, this is the first um uh show I was able to catch everyone live together. Um, you know i 've just been doing my thing, but i, I did have the uh, the privilege and honor of speaking with uh uh brother Gazi and uh sister Cheyenne uh I guess it's been probably close to two months ago now um, and i 'm just so proud man i 'm so proud of them what like
0: we like parents with, with children that have 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 finally you know they came into their own and, and they 're doing it man they 're doing it.
1: And they're they doing it in Georgia. Like, that's my stopping ground, man. You know, my father uh, is from southwest Georgia, you know, and uh, I, I know every every part of Georgia there is to know, man, you know. Um, and so I, I, I'll i be there in a few more days, brothers. <laughs> a few more days.
3: Man, I'm not for talking to you, Brother Babby. When did we talk,
1: Brother Babby? Uh, I, I'm gonna give you the backstory real quick. I'm gonna do it fast. I get a call from uh, MGT from across the country. I'm on the East Coast. I'm in New York. Sister hit me up and we talking about some other stuff and at the end of the conversation she's like, Oh, brother right back, um, what about this um I know you're gonna be involved with this ready expo thing and I'm like, What are you talking about? I had no idea what it was. Right? And she's like, Oh, There's some brothers and sisters that's that's doing it in Georgia. And I just went left in my brain and my thinking. And, you know, like I told Brother Rudolph and a couple other people, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, man, that's just some nigga shit. I'm not even getting involved in that. I went to the website. Sister gave me the website before we hung up. I went to readyexpo.com, and I saw that the website was proper. I didn't even get all the way through the website. But I was I going through it with that. a fine-tuned <laughs> phone, and I, and I called Brother Wood, um. and I'm like, yo, dude, I said, yo, why you ain't telling me about this, bro? I said, there's about eight people on here with the last name Muhammad, and, you know, and I already seen people on there I know. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, brother. And, I mean, within an hour, because I gave him the site, he went to the site, called me back. No, no, I stayed on the phone, right, Brother Wood? And you went to the right. site yes, while I was on the, on yes, the phone. Yes. Yeah. And then um, you know, we see Sister Relia, I mean, you know, sister Rilla really been here at the homestead twenty years ago. You know? Right. Um like literally, like that long ago. Uh so I, I know it's her true. and I'm looking, I see some other people on there I know. Uh, you know, I see the, the the brother uh I see them at, at, at uh uh um uh, prepper camp and then I see the brother on i V. I'm right. like, Okay. Right. And um so so we you know, we, we just chopping it up talking. And I said, yo, man, I said, let's just call the number, I said, let's just call the number to see somebody <laughs> answer the phone. Yeah, I right? remember I'm that. I just, remember. You know, I'm just playing devil's advocate like it's all right, you know, straight up. And uh, sister, the sister gets on the line, Sister Cheyenne, and we talking. And we was on there about a couple of minutes. You know, we made it very clear to her, like, you know, we don't want to take your time. You know, we just want to introduce ourselves, blah, blah, blah. And then that's when the sister called you, Brother Gazi. She said, I don't know where my husband is at, but I got to get him on the phone with y'all. And that's when the four of us started talking.
3: Yeah, I remember now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, praise me a lot.
1: Yes. More words.
3: Just for
0: the listen, we were the ones, myself, Brother Barry, and Brother Athar, we were the ones that crashed the FEMA um, um, <laughs> uh, conference that they had.
2: With the uh
0: Brother Youth you remember, you were the you you were oh, there yes, also sir.
2: the emergency yeah. managers of America right. or something. Right. Yes, sir. Back when Fuge <laughs> was um director Fuge was that's in
0: correct head,
2: mm-hmm. was yes, ahead sir. of
0: FEMA. Yes, sir. And they and they yep. thought
1: they thought and, you know, that was like the they was billing it as the you know, the first annual uh uh African American FEMA conference. It ain't been one since, man. The they had, they, they had, the had that one. They had that one. Made the mistake of inviting us. And and it ain't been one since. And, just,
0: and, so that, and we, we, just so you know why because our community went to the conference with the thought in mind we're going to get something from FEMA. And they made the mistake because, of asking the question and this is why i love uh director Fugate, because he came right out no him and horrid he didn't lie he didn't back step back backpedal nothing he came right out and said it he said understand fema has nothing to give you absolutely nothing now, now the now that audience he that he's talking about with said, said, you it, If that's what y'all came here for, then we could just close shop up and we could go home now because this conference is over. And I love what you gave for saying that, for being honest and just being real and for putting that perspective in front of that group that was there supposedly representing
1: the African-American community. But tell them who it was, because, man. man. He, was, he was like these big-time preachers, you know, people that right. had these big businesses, you know. Right. I mean, like millionaires was there. And, man, please, it was a – We just checked all of that right. real quick, man. You know,
2: <laughs> the, the, main
0: thing is, the, the main thing was, and Brother Yusuf, in his pastor of disaster fashion, he, he, he had to pull us to the side and, and speak to us as a pastor speaks to his congregation, you know, to, keep, to allow us to keep our spirituality in check and not get thrown off course by everything else. So he gave us a reality check from the neck up, which helped us to stay focused to the business that we went there for was to, one, let that group of African-Americans that represent the African-American community, let them know it ain't on FEMA to help us. It's on us to help us and to let FEMA know we're not coming here with our hats in our hands asking you for anything other than the resources that you have so that we can take them back to our community to teach and train our people, to take care of themselves. And that's what came out of that meeting, and it was a good thing back then. But, but again, Brother guys, just to let you know, when this whole thing came up and we found out about you and the site and saw how professional it was and then spoke to you and, you know, realized that you 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 were actually doing this, this is why we was, are so proud of you guys Because this is what we have been praying for for the last 30 years, you know, and now it's coming to fruition. So that's what that whole thing was about.
1: I can't wait for Ready Expo 2023.
0: Right, right. Looking forward to next year's Ready Expo.
3: Right. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, we plan on making it bigger, better. You know, like um, you know, as the days go by, you know, we learning more and more. So, so now, now, keep in mind. So you know, you know, we don't have my wife. now, we don't have a long history of like survival, disaster partners and nothing like that. You know, we, you know, we knew. I, I tell people we went from the hood life to the good life. You know, um, because we <laughs>
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, wait a second. I know. I'm writing down to Rudy. You, to Rudy. Rudy I'm writing right down already,
1: my dad. <laughs> I'm writing down right here. Right here.
2: It sounded like Biggie when Biggie said I went from ashy to classy. That's not you but me. <laughs> I'm
1: going to give him credit the first two times I used it. After that, I ain't going to say I heard from Brother Gazi about this. I'm going to say it myself. Yes, Brother
0: Gazi, you got to know that anything said on disaster awareness for community preparedness becomes so property of us, and we we can use it at any time. So you may hear that line coming right back at you
3: about forty or fifty times. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm, you know, I'm actually in the process of writing a book on it. You know, like the whole process. So you yes, know, I've said a few times, people like, man, you know, you need to write a book about that experience. You know, because I've written a few yes, books sir. already, and uh, so you know, it's only been eighteen months that that we've been here on the property. And, You know, the the, the thing that God has best to do in 18 months, it's mind-blowing to us (laughs) because we totally new to it, you know, uh, not really knowing too much about farming and growing food and things like that, you know. Yes, sir.
0: Look, see, and that's the thing people are going to say. When it is the right time for the mission, it doesn't take a long time for things to come into fruition. Because everything is already lined up in the universe for it, so you're the right person, your group is the right group at the right time in history for this to happen. Because again, we did the prepper camp, and you know, it, it, it's a good thing because when you go to prepper camp, you realize quickly that we're not involved in that,
1: right? We
0: are not involved in prepper camp anywhere. You may see one or two of us there, but that's it. So for this to be our own prepper camp, this is a big step.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to seeing all my brothers. And, you know, we've been getting a a real good response from around the country. And people coming from, you know, all of the, the areas of, the country, and, uh, you know, we've made contact with some brothers over in uh, Africa who do a certain form of gardening and growing food, and they reached out. We think about going over there to, you know, learn some of the techniques they got in terms of growing food from the motherland that's very unique, you know? Yes, sir.
0: So, Brother Brother Gazi, um, again, tell the people how they can get in touch with you, tell them what the date is when this is going to happen and tell them what they can expect when they get
3: there. So, um, I, 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 with, with what to expect. So we're going to have food trucks A lot of people hit hit me up asking, is it going to be food on the property? So we did reach out to, um, you know, we got food vendors, of course, there ain't going to be you no, know, his all, you know, we don't play that on, on the property, but, uh, you know, we got right. some good food vendors. Um, um, one of them is, is a believer from the, from the East coast too. Um, but, but but he lived here in Atlanta. And he got some 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 main just from you know from what everybody say. I ain't, I ain't had it yet. I, I can't vouch for it. But everybody say you know he got some real good food. But um, so we're gonna have three food vendors here. We're gonna have something for children, like some bounce houses. Um, it's gonna be like some cornhole, some some game jenga, li- life size connect for, You know, something that the children can do. And of course, you know, huh. the children are gonna be able to like feed the animals, feed the horses, the donkeys, the chickens, and things like that. Um, and then um. So, um, there would be some vending here. You know, we got some vendors coming to to, to sell certain things that that, that, that whatever they sell, and, and we try to make everything relevant to like survival or, or something like that. You know, but but we do have some some um, vendors coming, um, and so it, it's gonna be an event to take place like from nine in the morning to, like six. It's gonna be nine to six on that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, we're gonna have, again we're gonna have food on the property. Um, There's gonna be some campers here. Some some people are coming. With their RVs, so some people are coming to camp out who, who didn't want to get hotels. So we got a whole other area, whole other paddock that, that that we call um, Sunset Village. And we got a whole area designated for camping. But we got water over there. You know, the whole property is, is, is have well water. We got well pumps all over the place. Um, so it's water over there. We're gonna have electricity. If they want to do their cell phones and charges and things like that. Do their laptop. Um And so you know, that's, we you know you know we're looking forward to to making it happen. You know. Um, there's going to be six classes going on at one time, um, you know, throughout the day. And so people, um, we have a schedule. People can pretty much pick, you know, I, I want to go to this class at this time and things like that. And, you know, we study organizing it more and more, but we pretty much got it down as of, as of this point. You know, we pretty much got everything down to, to, to where it's going to be. Some classes will be, like, indoors. We have an event venue. Um, and then some classes are going to be um, outside. It's going to be hands-on. Like brother brother, earlier, Rashad, you know, we're trying to work on getting some bees for his beekeeping class. Um we, We're looking to get some bees, so we can do some hands-on with the bee, put the bee suit on and all that kind of stuff, deal with the honey and all that. Oh, brother, um, so, if you need some
0: bees now, if you need some bees, let me speak to my wife, because I'm trying to get some of these bees out in my backyard right now, okay?
3: <laughs> all yeah, right, yeah, we got we some bees, bees in
0: Detroit, and I'm allergic to bees, brother, but my wife's not. Oh, he might,
3: she might as well be a
2: beekeeper because it ain't nothing but some bees in my backyard. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so yeah, then, brothers, don't go ahead, ahead brother. Bro. I'm sorry.
3: Oh no, i was gonna say so. And then people don't have to just leave at six. You know, we got a, a little lake over there with a, a little pavilion area, a dock where people can just chill and enjoy nature and things like that. That that that, that, that Saturday evening, we are gonna have a, a dinner for the presenter. Uh, and, and it's actually going to be, I'm going to tell you, and this brother, he don't even know this, you know, it, it, an older brother in St. Louis, he's actually Brother Patrick's uh, uncle. Well, his son is going to be here. He teach, he teaches survival class for, for women, like teaching self-defense and things like that. So he coming in teaching his class is going to be dealing with, um, women and survival. And, but his father, who is Brother Patrick's uncle. So when I first came here, Brother Patrick told me that the first time I heard about a farm and been on the farm and knew anything about land, it was for my Uncle Lee. And this brother, his eighty third birthday is that Saturday. And so when wow. I found, when I heard that I say, Man and, and so the brother say, the brother, uh, who a good friend of mine, I've been knowing him and Patrick for many years, I say, Man, bring your father out. And as, as he was saying he was gonna come out, it was gonna be a good birthday gift for him. So he the one that inspired Brother Patrick to get land. Twenty some years later, Brother Patrick inspired me to get land. And so I'm saying all of it is because of the O G. So we're going to do like a surprise party for the brother. He don't even know it. He coming in, there, he, don't, he don't have a clue. And, and, I, and, and I want to tell the presenters, I'm a, I'm a word in the way to tell the presenters, don't underestimate your work. This this brother, 83 years old, he did a work when Patrick was little. I'm talking about 30, 40 years ago, that put a seed right. in his mind. So we don't know yeah. who we're right. these seeds in their mind and how it's going to turn out 35, 40 years later. And I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that brother. He put it, And now we open yeah, it up sir. for other people. So we're going to get that brother flowers while he live in. and and really honor him and celebrate him and have a little dinner for him and all that kind of stuff. And he don't even know. He don't have a clue. (laughs) Beautiful. Yes.
0: Now, now, Brother Gossie, let me throw this out to you right now. And we're throwing this out into the universe and and let it fall where it may. Okay. And we told you we're already looking forward to next year's uh, replicate, next year's retreat. But we're not waiting till next year to actually, right after this one is over, we're going to plan something, and I want to do it on the ranch where we can bring different groups of people in who are starting their own communities. And what I want to bring to them is how to set up your own 911 system for your own community. Yeah, it's deep. Okay. Yeah, let do
3: that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we'll I'm interested offline. in learning that myself. We're brother. We're going to talk offline so we can get this started and get this planned now, so that maybe you can announce it at the at the prepper oh, camp yes, that's coming up now, right. and so that everybody can get their mind tuned that. Uh, you're coming right back to the ranch because all these individual communities that are sprouting up everywhere, that's great. The question is, what do you do when one of your own is sick or injured? Calling 911 and hoping and praying that somebody picks up is not the answer. I love that what you got on your website that, uh, uh what, what's that? That, that clip by the Barry, what'd it say? Uh, uh,
3: Uh, Hope
0: is not a Hope is not a
3: solution Hope is not a solution Preparation is There you go
0: Yeah I love that Man, I love that Right So that's what we're going to do We're going to start planning now For people to learn How to set up your own 911 system In your own community And that's going to be everything From learning CPR, first aid, emergency medical responder, EMT, to driving the ambulance to your urgent care center right there in your community, to having a group of highly trained professionals to receive that ambulance when it comes in and to do the things necessary to sustain that life. Getting that t- chopper, it, it, depending on where you live at, making your um, uh, uh, brother Yusuf. What's the, the term that you use? The, your collaborative. Uh, uh, what, what's the term that you use, brother Yusuf? Your community collaborative.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, well, that's real. That's it. It's community involvement, community investment, community partnership community risk reduction you right on it you know uh a couple, couple of things if i if i can just, just build up. on add on to the, the building brother gazzy get them bees from detroit brother they want to go from good life to good life too brother so so make sure you get them bees from detroit so they don't sting brother rudolph right but then the other thing back to networking right, the importance of networking and partnership. You know, um, the demographers say they're really basically four type of people in group dynamics. It's the people who hear what's happening and do nothing about it. It's the people who see what's happening and do it. what's happening and do nothing about it. It's the people who make things happen, that's us. And it's the people who ask the question what happened and so (laughs) all the more important that we got a network we got a partnership we got a collaborative uh uh correlate like coalition as brother rudolph was saying you know real talk in real time they're expecting a tropical depression storm to hit the west side of florida in the next five days yeah right and so that's somewhere around tampa St. Pete. So if we know people in that area, I mean, they might or might not be watching the weather report. They might think, okay, well, we've been through this before or not. But we at least owe it to ourselves to call our people in that area and ask them, well, you got anything planned? You understand? Right. Are you ready? Because, Right, exactly. You talked about it. That's the theme for the day. But also, uh, on another note, we don't want to take all your time uh a big brother guys we know you busy brother you got a few 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 acres to, to 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 mow up to finish i'm sure and uh brother Rudolph, you got sister in the studio as well so we yeah, are yeah. at uh 5:24 eastern standard time moving into our last half hour but we certainly you know uh again brother gazi thank you brother we pray that everything is a success and we're just not hoping that it's a success. we got to do something to make it a success. And uh, you can count me in. I don't know that I'll be there, but whatever I can do to assist, brother, we're going to make it happen here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And again, yes, brother, sir. if there's anything you'd like to say in closing, brother, the floor is yours. Thank you for having me, brother, as your host, brother, for another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And good to hear your voice, Brother Barry.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I was going to uh, just see if I can chime in real quick before Brother gets the last word. Uh, and brother God, are you familiar with, with Earl Small, uh, Stockman Airport?
3: Oh, yes, sir. I'm right behind that. Yeah, I live right yes, behind that. Yes, sir. Absolutely, you are. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. You, you ever fly in and out of there? No, I haven't. Um, I've I seen them from the Small Jets. I, I, I told him, I said, we might have guess a private plane or something around this joint. Cause I I, I know a few few guys that live over here got some jets over there but I never no, I never flew in that little thing. All right, well I'm 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 gonna leave
1: that right there with you. So brother Yusuf and brother Rudolph, I've been talking to brother Dana. I told him about I told him about about the ranch down there. I told him about brother Rick. I told him about Ready Expo. And uh, we are gonna try to make a little surprise happen just like brother trying to do a surprise for the for the elder. Let's see if we can do a little surprise for Sister Cheyenne and Brother Gazi. I'm gonna leave that, right that right there. Right. I'm gonna let that marinate <laughs> with Brother Gazi. Man, yes, give Brother
0: Dana the greetings from us, Brother Barry. That's how you speak to
1: him. Indeed, yes, sir. Praise yeah. be he's, to he's trying him to him. find the time. He's trying to find the time. You know, um, that he, he do weight and balance for those overseas flights. Um, yes, but sir. he already know he, he got to squeeze one of those days.
2: You yes, also sir. sparked another thought, Brother Barry, that I meant to mention to you, Brother Gazi. I don't know what the closest major city is to you, but we got to get the black professional firefighters involved with what you're doing. So if it's Atlanta, mm-hmm. if it's Birmingham, you know, whatever it is, fire safety education, whatever it is, bringing youth down to your to your land, whatever it is, um, we need to connect you with the regional uh, director, who has, you know, uh, the proximity moves everywhere from as far north as Baltimore, as far south as Florida, as far west as, you know, Tennessee, the western side of Tennessee. So um, that's another thing that uh, I just see as a collaborative, as Brother Rudolph said. And thank you, Brother Barry, for sparking that, brother. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. Brother Gage, you, know, you don't know he's gonna be flying in out of small instead of ATL.
3: Uh it's gonna be tough. Matter of <laughs>
1: fact, Brother Gotti, this here, here's, here's the number you're gonna have to remember. Two zero G A. Two zero Gulf Alpha.
3: Okay, I got that window.
1: Five thirty. That's, that's the that's the identifier for, for small.
3: Okay. Earl small. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, I'm right behind that airport, right there, passing every day. Absolutely, I've in Google Earth you, brother. I've Google Maps you. I, man, <laughs> we got, you. Yes, we sir. got you, brother. Yeah. And so, just for the people, if they want to get in touch, um, brother Barry and brother um, Big Brother, um, I mean brother Rudolph, it's um, they go to readyexpo.com and that's X, the letter X, then P O, dot com. Or they can just call me if they got any questions or anything. I, I, they can call my personal cell at 602-544-6239. Uh, again, that's 602-544-6239. Man, I love what y'all are doing, brothers. I'm looking forward to further collaboration and growing this thing and really serving our community and our people to the maximum um, ability possible. So may Allah bless you all, brother.
2: May you as bless well, you
0: sir. as well, brother. Thank you, brother. And brother Gazi, just let you know, every Friday from now until the actual D-Day, we expect to hear you on this show for I got a couple you. of minutes. Promote yes, this,
3: this. Yeah, I got you. Yes, sir. All right. All sir. right. Okay. All right. No problem. So
0: they be at the call. they be at the call your wife, okay, and get her involved.
3: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, man. You know, she's the boss, man.
0: That's hard, right, man. oh, believe me, I got one too, brother,
3: I know I know, man. I know. <laughs> yes, sir All right, love you, Lankum, brother. brother,
2: thank you brother Thank well, you, brother salam, sir, thank you Waalaikum salam All right uh, Well, brothers and uh, sisters Oh, I'm sorry, brother Yusuf, go ahead Yes, sir No, I was just going to identify the time We're moving into our last half hour of this week's segment So go right ahead, brother Rudolph Yes, sir.
0: And our guest is on the line. She was waiting patiently. We appreciate. Uh, I know her time is um, um, of the essence. And right now, what we're going to do is we're going to hear from Sister Corey Vertick. She's a higher education financial aid consultant. Now we know the date. This is September, so you know people are back in school. or or get ready to go back to school, and we know that, you know, uh, going on with money and finding resources for them to get to school. So let's hear what Sister Corey Perfect has to say and find out how she can invest in, especially these younger students who are going away for their first time and, uh what's going on with this financial aid so corinne are you on the line
4: yes i am hello 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 can you hear me clear oh all
0: right yes we do everybody this is corinne Furtick, the, uh, the higher education financial aid consultant the floor is yours corinne tell us who you are what you do why you do what you do and
4: why it's important Acknowledge. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I do appreciate this um, platform. Um, I am, again, a higher education consultant, so bottom line, I am the person that processes the FAFSA application, that helps you fill out the FAFSA application, that helps you apply for any type of financial aid. Financial aid consists of federal aid, state aid, and institutional aid. On the federal level, it is the FAFSA application. On the state level, it depends on whatever state you're in. In New York, it was called, it's called the TAP application, and South Carolina is called the South Carolina State Grant. So each state has its own state aid for its um, state residents. Then, as far as institutional um, aid, that is any aid, any money, donor money. Um, that, that um, people contribute to the school, that alumni contribute. There is a wealth of resources that not a lot of people are aware of, and this is why I do what I do, because I was one of those students that went to school out of state, Had no idea, you know, how my education was funded, and I didn't find out until I left. I wound up only staying one semester, as sometimes we tend to do when we go out out of state, because you don't know where the money is coming from. You don't know you're basically lost. So from that experience, I just developed a passion, and it's just turned into a career of guiding students so that they don't have to feel lost and abandoned as I was and as I was feeling. So, as far as with federal financial aid, any type of financial aid, it begins with your federal aid, and that is because it is a free application so you do have um you do have consultants or services or agencies that do um, help fill out the applications. some of them charge a price, some do not it really is up to the um the individual, but it is an application that bottom line is that everyone has to apply for to get your federal aid. Your federal aid consists of your federal Pell Grant, your federal SEOG Grant, your federal direct subsidized loan, your federal direct unsubsidized loan, federal work-study grant, and federal direct parent plus loan. So anything that I mentioned that had the word grant at the end is something free. You know how they go, there's nothing in life that's free, well, financial aid is free. (laughs) So anything that is a grant is free money, money that if you qualify for and you are awarded the money, you do not have to pay that money back. So we always encourage individuals to complete that FAFSA application because you may feel like, oh, I made too much money. Oh, my parents made too much money. I'm not going to qualify. You need to do the application. Let the federal government tell you exactly what you qualify for because even if it's $100, $500, that is 100 or $500 less that you have to come up with out of your pocket to fund your education. Anything that I stated that had the word loan at the end, it is a loan. Loan is money that you do borrow, and you have to pay it back. Now, the amazing thing about your federal student loans, a lot of people, you know, they they away from the federal student loans, but the federal student loans are actually a good thing. They are here to help you. They are here to help people like me as well, where you don't have the resources to fund your education in full, but you do need other assistance. So every individual qualifies for some type of federal student loan, whether it is the subsidized loan, a portion of the subsidized loan. Or the unsubsidized loan, it really depends on what the results are of your application that will dictate what type of aid um, and what type of federal loan you are eligible for. So if you have questions about your eligibility, you have questions just about anything in general and even your family situation that you feel that may be a factor in your qualifications, you need to speak with either myself a financial aid advisor, or anyone in the financial aid department at your school. If you're not in school and you're looking at going to school, you can go into any school financial aid department, and they are there to assist you. So, um, it's a service that we provide is funded by the federal government. You have to take advantage. You know how they go. There's no the only silly question is the unasked question. In order to make educated decisions, you have to seek guidance. So there are a wealth of resources (laughs) out there, okay? So your federal financial aid will come from the FAFSA application. State aid, some states require you to either just do the FAFSA application or to do the FAFSA application and do their state aid application, That guidance will come from your financial aid office. Depending on what state you're in, they will tell you, well, here's the application process for your state aid. Um, As far as institutional aid, again, there's a criteria. There's a criteria for everything, and you have to determine and find out, okay, do I fit the criteria? Am I eligible for this? If so, how much am I eligible for? How do I go about getting the benefits that I'm eligible for? And that is why I am here. That is why you have people in these roles, because the passion is there to help guide and to assist. And our main requirement that we are tasked with from the federal government is that we are informing the recipient. You would be a recipient. We are responsible for informing the recipient of all of the aid that they're eligible to receive, as well as to help guide you through that application process. Okay, now sometimes that application process just means you're filling out the application, you're you, um, completing it, hit submit, because everything is basically online now. So you will go to the website, and I'm going to call out the website to you. To do the FAFSA application, the website that you will go to is www.studentaid, that is S as in Sam, T U D E N T. AID.gov. Okay, so it's studentaid.gov. That is the official federal government website. If you go to any other site and it charges you money, you somehow went to another site and it's not the federal, the official federal government site. The federal government does not charge a fee to complete its FAFSA application. Okay? Through the application process, you're going to get an output result, and it's called your student aid report. It gives you the information on there. Sometimes it will tell you that um, your school may require further information or further documentation. It may give you more specific information depending on your situation. For those that are in default or, or those that the identity couldn't be confirmed, the student aid report is giving you that information. It's going to produce a page and it's called your view, it's called um, your, your SAR comments page and it's going to give you the comments. So you need to take that information and contact the school that you will be attending or the school that you're interested in attending and they will tell you what specific documentation you need to provide to clear and to qualify fully for your financial aid. Now, one of the things that we get a lot of is it feels like we are prying in your personal life. We may ask for birth certificates. We may say, how many people are in your household? Do you have a child you support? If you're putting down children or dependents other than child or spouse that you provide more than 50% on your FAST application, we may say, you know, like, okay, what exactly do you provide? How much do you provide? What is the total? It is not that we're prying to make you ineligible. This is what we are required to ask in order to determine your true eligibility. Okay? So we need you to be patient with the process in and of itself because what we're doing is trying to make sure that we're able to get you um, processed as quickly as we can, to get your aid in as quickly as we can so that your tuition and fees can be covered and any refund that you are entitled to, will be given to you in a timely manner. Part of the process with the financial aid is a process called the federal verification process, which a lot of the population of of college students are aware of because they experience it on so many different levels. There are a few different classifications, and they're they're called verification groups. So you have a – they're called V groups, V as in Victor. So you have a V1 which is a a full detailed um, verification process. We're going to ask for federal tax returns. We're going to ask for copies of the federal tax returns. We're going to ask for W-2s, depending on what school that you're applying to or that you're um, interested in attending they may have a requirement where they require you to turn in W-2 form. They may have a process where they say, okay, just give me your federal tax return or give me the IRS tax return transcript. Regardless of whatever they're asking you for, you must submit the information in order for us to be able to move forward with the financial aid process. If for whatever reason you decide, you say, no, 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 that's too much. I put that on my FAFSA application. We need you to understand it's not that you put down the information on your FAFSA application. You are applying for financial aid. So part of the applying process, part of of the application process, is the verification. Just like if you go to a bank and they're saying you want to take out a loan, you need to give me a copy of your pay stub, your last three pay stubs, whatever the case is, they are verifying the information that you are putting down on the application. The same with your school. Your school is is verifying the information you put down on that FAFSA application. And the reason why we are verifying it is because not all applications are checked for the verification process. So if your application is flagged for federal verification, it does not mean you did anything wrong. It does not mean they do not believe the information you put down. It is just the federal government's process. So you need to make sure that you are um, complying with the requirements, turning the information in so that everything can be done in a timely manner. The verification process can be as quick as two to three business days, five to seven business days. It could take up to 30 business days. It could take a whole semester. It really depends on what information you're turning in, the school's review process, and if you're turning something in, does it prompt us to require you to turn something more in. Sometimes it does, sometimes it does not. So it's very important that as soon as you do your FAFSA application, you look your student aid comment um, page over and you're getting in touch with your school as quickly as possible so that if your application and your review process happens to take longer than usual, you will be ahead of the game. Okay? Okay. Um Beautiful. that is uh you had a question?
2: No, no, I was just saying you're very thorough, uh, Sister Fertig. First of all, this brother Youssef. Thank you for taking time Thank out you. of your schedule to be with us. And uh, you know, we used a, a a cliche that's really real earlier in the program, uh probably before you got in the studio and you're quite aware of it, you you know, it goes something like this. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. And yes. so there are a lot of people I'm sure you come across that have no idea what you're talking about and um, may have certain reluctancies just based on something that they, they don't have any uh, idea about. And so I just wanted to say your, your presentation was so thorough to me. I just thank said beautiful. You. I didn't mean to cut you thank off. You.
4: But no, <laughs> thank you.
2: Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Go
4: right ahead, Queen. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so aside from the um, federal verification process and the application process in and of itself for financial aid, um, as far as with your school, other resources, you want to know, you know, education is the key to success, okay? So there you need to know as a student. As a parent, as an aunt, as an uncle, as a, as a peer mentor, you need to know what are all of the resources that are available to college students. You're going to hear a lot, and sometimes you're not going to hear anything. There are millions, when I say millions, I mean real millions of dollars of unspent monies that come mm-hmm. from scholarships for undergraduate students, and that is because you do not have a high population of um, high school students, high school seniors, students that are in freshman, soft, freshman sophomore, um, junior, and senior level years of college. They're not applying for scholarships, but yet everybody needs money. You know, you're not applying for scholarships, but your tuition is unpaid. You're not applying for scholarships, and you're getting kicked off the dorm. You have to understand, as a student, there are many resources available to you, and you need to know what these are. You need to know how to go about them. Scholarships, some schools have a, um, a scholarship department. Some schools have, like, listings of scholarships because Scholarships could come from anywhere. It could come from McDonald's. It could come from anywhere. They're reaching out to the schools and saying, hey, we got this scholarship. Um, please tell your student about it. You know, sometimes the schools are notifying the students. Sometimes they're not. When I worked at Pace University in New York, I was an outside scholarship coordinator, so everything that they gave us that came in, promotions, I compiled it all together into a list, and I told my board, I was like, hey, can I put this on the walls? Because as students are walking through the walls, they're reading the notices that are on the bulletin boards, and that's how we got our students to start applying for scholarships, okay? The one caveat to scholarships is you want to look at it as free money too, so if you are applying for scholarship and I don't care how good that scholarship looks, if it says there's a five dollar or twenty five dollar uh, twenty five dollar application fee, do not pay money. Because what you need to understand is that you're not gonna pay money to get free money. Okay? So no matter how good it looks, you want to be careful of that. Because if you get twenty five, if it's twenty five dollars per application, right? And let's just say They get 100 students to complete an application. They've got $2,500 from individuals, and you just want to make sure that you're not paying any type of application fee for a scholarship. Free money, you don't pay to get free money. So that's something that I always caution people about scholarships, no matter how good it looks, turn it down and keep it moving. Okay? Grants, schools, have grants as well outside of the federal Pell grant. You have to just find out from your school, hey, do, uh, do we have any other grants? Do we have any other scholarships? Do you have institutional aid? And if so what is it? Can I get the guidelines? Can I get the information? We have a lot of things in writing because we have a policy and procedure manual that we keep. So you are privy to information that the school have that is a resource that will help fund your education. And what we have to do as, as parents, as peers, aunts, uncles, you know, we need to become educated because even though we're not the ones going to school, sometimes we actually are, you want to be able to guide them to come out, to be able to come out of their education with as little debt as possible okay, and that is not always a bad thing. It is what you do with it. So if you're taking out your federal student loans and you're buying a car, you're buying clothing, you're doing all this, and, yeah, when you graduate, you've got $100,000 and that's what you spent on it, you did not use that resource in the manner in which it was intended for. And, and yes, when the time comes, they're going to be collecting their money. So you want to be mindful of that. When you are borrowing your federal student loans, you're really only borrowing what it is you need, okay? So you're allowed to factor in, because we do it anyway when we um, do your budget. You're allowed to factor in, okay, I have books. Okay, I got supplies for class. You know, if you're in medical school, you need a stethoscope. You need, you need a uniform. All of that can be factored in. If, you got a, if you're taking your personal car to school, you need gas, gas to get to class, gas to come back home. So all of that is factored in and you can factor that in so that you can make sure you're borrowing enough. So what that is called is called cost of attendance. Okay. So by law, a federal financial aid office cannot tell you you only need to borrow this. We have to educate you. We have to be able to say you have two types of costs. You have a direct cost. A direct cost is tuition. And fees, what, are, what is the tuition for your, char- for your courses that you're signed up for? What are your fees, books and supplies? That is your bill. Okay, what am I being billed each month, each semester by my school? Okay, so that is called direct cost. Then you have what we call indirect cost because we always get people that panic when we give them an award letter. We get them that panic. They'll be like, oh, well, the school only costs $10,000, but this has, it's, it's 30000 so that what they're looking at is their cost of attendance. It is consisting of your direct cost, your your ten thousand plus the twenty thousand because we're kind of like the parents. We're like, okay, well Johnny's going to school for a whole year, so it's going to take about ten thousand each semester, and then I want to make sure you got enough of food, clothing, um, groceries, whatever the case is. So you got to know the difference between direct cost and indirect cost, so that when you are using your financial aid or applying and figuring out, oh, I can't afford the school or I can, you want to be aware of those two things. I'm going to stop here because it's 2.52, and I just want to know, do you have any questions? Do I need to pause, guys? I don't want to take up too much of your time.
0: Um, well, I, I just need a date that you can come back and do a part three because, um, okay. yeah,
4: there are a lot of questions, um, but we
0: just need a date.
4: Uh when you could come back and do a part two. Okay. I can come I'll be able let's see, I'm out of town next week, but the following Friday. So what I can do, brother Rudolph, is I can go ahead and shoot you a schedule with some dates that I can actually commit to and the time frame so that this way you you'll know and then we'll be able to do like a series of financial aid because there's yes. so much going on that people yes. need to be aware of.
0: Right. And that way, we could uh, put it out ahead of time, so people could see okay. it, and
4: people that want
0: it can uh, definitely tune in. Now, how can and people get to reach... the
4: topics as well? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, how can people reach you that want to pick your brain or utilize you and uh, 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 your expertise and get information and stuff? What what do they do?
4: To contact me, you can contact me directly. At cell phone eight zero three five nine six six three three nine, and then when I send you the schedule and the itineraries, the topics, I'll also give you provide you with an email so that this way you can like provide that information. Okay. Yeah. Sister, can That's you say that number again, please? Sure. Eight zero three. 596-6339. Six, six, three, three, now, here's the question I have. Okay,
0: so I fill out my FAFSA. Let's say I fill out for my FAFSA now. Um, yes. Okay, I don't know when I want to go to school, but I fill out mm-hmm. for it right now. I get the information back, and it looks good, and I say, okay, all right, you know what? Okay. Now, let let me go to school. Can you do that, or do you have to already know when you want to go in and what are
4: the deadlines for your FAFSA? Yes. So what you would do is you would fill out the FAFSA application. On the FAFSA application, it has a section where it asks you to list the federal school code of the school that you want to attend. You do not have to list one. You're not restricted to listing one or five. So you can list as many schools that that the space allows you to list, And then at that point in time, once you get your results back from the FAFSA, the schools already are going to be contacting you. They're going to send you notification, hey, we received your FAFSA application. The reason why they do that is because you listed their school. So then they're going to start communicating with you either via email, send you something in writing, and then from there you will go in and you can contact the office and speak to them. So even if you don't have like an idea as to, which school you want to go to, and you just want to like send out feelers, you can definitely do that and you can list them. Once you narrow down and say, oh, I want to go here, but I didn't put them on my FAFSA, you just go back, log in, and put their school code on the FAFSA because that's the only way they can see your information and get your results.
0: Okay.
4: All right. Cool.
0: Cool. Thank you. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you very much for that information. And uh, I'll be looking forward to that sch- getting that schedule from you so that we can schedule a uh, financial aid
4: workshop
0: that you can
4: run. Okay, that'll work. I want to speak about yeah. loan forgiveness, the new loan forgiveness that came out. Oh, you had a question about the deadline. So as far as with the deadline, it is always June 30th. Of the following year, so right now we're doing the twenty, the two thousand twenty-two dash two thousand twenty-three FAFSA application. So it's always available starting in October. Okay, so October okay. of October of the year is when the new FAFSA application information comes out for them to apply, and then it expires a full year because it covers technically it covers a full school year, which is generally like a fall a spring and the summer. Okay. Okay.
0: Excellent.
4: You're welcome. God. Thank you. God. Can
0: you give that number one
4: more time? Sure. That phone number to contact me directly is 803-596-6339. All right. Brother Houston?
2: Well, I just want to once again thank you, Sister Furtick, for being so uh, on point with what you do. Thank you for offering your expertise to our listening audience. And may God continue to bless you as we look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Have a blessed weekend.
4: You too. Thank you. Thank you, Corrine.
2: We'll talk later. Thank you.
4: All right. You're welcome. Later.
0: As we proceed to give you what you need, yes, I had to throw that in there. I had to. I I love it. I
2: love
0: it.
2: You know, I love it.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm going to get my clothes in now and let you close out so I can get ready and get to this hospital and get to work. Um, Just want to thank everybody that was on. This week, of course, thank Sister Corrine. Thank Brother Gazi, Thank Brother Barry for calling in. Thank you, Brother Forrest, for getting us hooked up. Um, Thank you to your team. Thank you, Brother Yusuf, And tell my sister, I said, thank you for uh, loaning you to us for this time. And um, we look forward to uh, speaking to everyone again next Friday, same place, same time, if it be the will of God. If not, then we won't. But again, and to uh, just keep your ears open, people, family, and um, watch the weather. That's the best thing advice I can give you. Watch the weather. You plan on taking a trip? You plan on going somewhere? You got family members out there? Watch the weather so that you can stay abreast and stay informed on what is going on, and so we can survive so that we can live because we need you to survive. Thank you again. As-salamu
2: family. Wa salam Brother Rudolph. Thank you for all that you do, big brother. And may Allah continue to bless you and your family. Thank your Queen, for loaning you to us. We are eternally grateful for your sacrifice, your service, as well as your families, brothers and sisters. As we close out in the last minute, you know, as Brother Rudolph said, watch the weather. We 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 know that uh, that natural disaster Puerto Rico and it may have hit Bermuda or the Bahamas uh, yesterday. But let us keep our prayers out for the people in Puerto Rico. You know, it just dawned on me just before we came on the air, one of my nieces worked for FEMA in Puerto Rico. And I saw her uh, the end of August. She was talking about retiring. So I don't know if she retired. Or if she's still down there, i have to call her mother just to get an update of the landscape to see if she was able to reach out to her mother just to see what's up. In fact, time and circumstance permits, she had already committed to being on our program, but now with what has happened, if we can get her next week, then all praise is due to Allah, as well as uh, Brother Shelton Muhammad, who's working with the farm collaborative here in southeastern virginia so i'm just going to close by thanking all of our listening audience and even with these words shared by me and we i guess it's still the way it used to be the strength of a nation is its family and real freedom is responsibility the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary thank you For joining us this week on another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, and uh, again, Lord willing, next week, same time, same station. We love you. As-salamu alaykum. Wa
0: alaykum salam. Never